time for us to check in with Rick Forchuk from White Rock. Hi, Rick. Hello, Raji. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But I am feeling like it's officially fall, which is a little bit, uh, makes me a little bit sad for summer being over. How's it looking in White Rock these days? Well, it's looking like exactly that way. But I I like it when we come into fall because uh, all the new programs come back to television. uh, Better movies get back into the theaters. Uh, things seems more things seem more orderly and organized. So I quite like it. Yeah, and you've got some recommendations, or at least some reviews for us of what's on in theaters. Yeah, this first one is the only movie that showed up in theaters. It sort of snuck its way into theaters on the weekend. I wish it had snuck its way out more quickly. Uh, it is called <laughs> Honk, Honk for Jesus. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. That's the only movie that showed up in theaters this weekend. It's an independent production. It's co-produced by its star, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, He played Randall on This Is Us. Uh, Excellent role for him, and I really came to like that character. It's from rookie writer and director Adama Ebo, and it might have been a good idea in someone's mind, but it left its path early on and never got back, in my opinion. Now, Brown plays Lee Curtis Childs, who, along with his wife, Trinity, played by Regina King, were TV pastors of a mega church in Atlanta, Georgia, where they flaunted their designer clothing, their fleet of Ferraris, Bugattis, and Lamborghinis, and a lifestyle akin to that of royalty. Now, that life came to an end when a scandal closed their church. The movie picks up as a mockumentary, with a film crew following Lee Curtis and Trinity sometime later, <clears throat> excuse me, as they prepare to reopen their church and overcome the events that closed it in the first place by claiming to have been saved and put back on the path of righteousness. So it's a Jim and Tammy Baker kind of thing. And as we see the action through the eyes of the documentary makers, we begin to grasp some of what was that Curtis did to go so badly astray. There were huge cash settlements, non-disclosure agreements, and a level of arrogance from the pastor that he deserves all the gifts and opulence that he once enjoyed, which includes a trip to a huge walk-in closet to view his collection of Prada suits. Now, the problem with the film, which is rife with bad language from both church leaders and has one protracted sex scene between them that is completely inappropriate, is that the ending is totally ambiguous. Investing two hours into a story that has no apparent conclusion is the worst kind of audience abuse there is, as far as I'm concerned. And I am sorry that I took that journey. It's hard for me to recommend this film, Raji. I did not care for it at all. It is called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, and it will be gone from theaters very quickly. <laughs> and Rick, did you stay till the very end? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I, I rarely, wow, very rarely walk out of a movie. Yeah, I rarely walk out of a movie in the theater. Now, quite often I'll start watching something streaming and I'll say, ah, you know what, enough of this and and leave. But uh, that's actually the wrong thing to do. The job is to stick it out and stay there and stick and stay and do the job. (laughs) Like an endurance sport. That's the thing I love about streaming. Uh, I had never walked out of a movie in a theater, but with streaming, I can very easily go, ah, I'm done (laughs) after a little bit. But in a theater, you're kind of held hostage, aren't you? Yeah, you are. And that's often a good thing because uh, with streaming, I have frequently opted out of a movie or a series only to find later that I should have stuck it out because it got better and in fact became something quite special. Uh, But uh, that's a whole other story. And then also on Amazon Prime, the wildly popular Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Yeah, this thing is just spectacular. Um, It's the historic tales of the second age of Middle Earth's history playing out as this epic prequel set thousands of years before the action in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings take place, we have J.R.R. Tolkien's classic stories uh, making its debut this weekend. 
Now, this is said, Raji, to be the most expensive television show in history, with Amazon spending a reported $1 billion for the production. Unreal. Bidding war. Yeah, I know. They had a bidding war with Netflix for the rights to the movie. Uh, so the rights went for about $250,000. Uh, the, over the next five seasons, we will see this thing play out. And uh, based on the 25 million people who watched it in the first, uh, first uh, streaming, it's going to be around for a while. The story takes us to an era in which great powers come into being. Major alliances are made and epic empires will fall. One of the greatest villains in all of Tolkien's storytelling history comes into being here and casts a dark shadow over the land, over kingdoms, and over the various factions, the elves, the kingdom of Numenor, and the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains. Peter Jackson, who directed the Oscar-winning Lord of the Rings movies, is not involved in this production at any level, but his touch seems to be there in the brilliant visuals, mostly shot in New Zealand. We meet new characters, some old alliances, and a series of challenges so monumental as to be almost insurmountable. It's rated M for mature audiences. Uh, I loved the first one. I thought it was just spectacular. I look forward to nestling in and watching this for the next five years, Raji. And how does it fare, do you think, in terms of the book? Like, should people, is this one that people can watch on its own, or do you think it'd be better appreciated if someone's read it first? Yeah, I can't answer that because I did not read this these series of books. I oh, didn't read any really? of the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, really. Um, didn't read them. At, well, that's not true. I read The Hobbit when I was in university. But beyond that, didn't read any of them. Didn't like The Hobbit, by the way. Uh, oh. Loved it as a movie. Didn't like it as a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's largely, well, it was the time and the place. But uh, So I can't comment on whether reading and watching is better than just watching. But just watching really worked for me, Raji. Okay. And Love in the Villa, that's uh, on Netflix. Yeah. Kat Graham from Vampire Diaries stars a young woman who has a challenging vacation problem in this Netflix original filmed on location in Verona, Italy, which was also the setting for Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Perhaps a hint of what is to come where love and relationships are involved. She's coming off a bad breakup in the States and decides to get away from it all by going to Italy for a change of scene. Things do not start off well when she learns that the apartment that she rented online was double booked and that if she were to stay there, she would have to share with a rather stuffy Brit who's already a resident there. Well, since we know going in that this is a romantic comedy, it stands to reason that after some huffing and puffing, she agrees to share and something nice happens and that they live happily ever after. Well, maybe, but not right away. The existing tenant is played by Tom Hopper from Umbrella Academy. He's very good looking, which is always a plus, but he's also cynical and negative in many ways. And the relationship promises to be tough sledding right from the outset. Laura Hopper, who is Tom Hopper's real life wife, also stars in this one. Mark Stephen Johnson of such Marvel hits as Ghost Rider and Daredevil wrote and directed it, which is an interesting twist. It's rated 14A. It's Love in the Villa. And if you like a nice romance with an exotic twist, this won't work for you, Raji. Okay, and I've just got 30 seconds left if you want to quickly tell me about fakes. Uh, Very quickly. uh, A lot of the West Coast of Canada is represented here. It's a 10-episode Netflix series. Drops all of its episodes this weekend. It was shot in Vancouver. Two of its three leading cast members were born and raised in the Lower Mainland. And uh, the third major cast member is from Victoria. Uh, It's about uh, three young women who start a fake ID and fake credit card business. And it becomes an empire, but all empires fall eventually. Uh, Interesting movie. And uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, There are 10 of these. And um, I'm about three into it. So I'll see how it goes. This is one of those that I'm not going to walk away from. But there are times when I wish I had, Raji. Okay. Thanks so much, Rick.